Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name's Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with uh, Greg Beggs on a continuation of our series, Revisited. Revisited is a series that I wanted to do going back and re-interviewing the first 10 people that we uh, interviewed on the podcast. So Greg was number two. Um, That was in January 2020 um, in my house in Madagascar in the small room that I started doing my interviews in. It was just uh, Greg Bundes went first, he went second. They were both there visiting Madagascar, and so we just got to sit down and learn from him at that time. I think that, yeah, so that was early on in the podcast. So I, I wanted to sit down with him again and just see how he's leading differently, how his life is, has changed um, a- after those two two plus years after COVID, what he's learned, how he sees the church and missions. Have, have they changed at all? Maybe they're exactly the same. I don't know. So I get to get to sit down and, and uh, ask him some questions about that. And then how he sees um, missions going forward, what our focus needs to be, um, specifically in Africa. And yeah, just a, a phenomenal time learning from Greg and his, his experience on the African continent, his love for the African church, his love for the African people, and his love to, and his desire to see the gospel go forward and having a, a church and walking distance of every African. Just a valuable time with him. Do want to ask you to continue to send in your questions for Back Channel with Foth. That's where I sit down with Dick Foth. And uh, yeah, I get quest- listeners sending questions. I curate those questions and I get to sit down and learn learn from him. That's always a valuable time. And uh, so you send those questions. My email will be will be in the um, in the show notes. Do want to ask you also to continue to subscribe to the podcast. I know the podcasts I subscribe to are the ones I, I listen to. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to continue the the conversations we've been having this summer with leaders that we interviewed um, in the middle and before and then kind of in the middle of COVID, just to be able to revisit with them and uh, ask some questions about what they've learned, some challenges they've faced, and um, what God's been speaking to them um, Yeah, during this time. So Greg Beggs, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Aaron. It's good to be here. Good to chat with you. Greg, for those that are listening in that didn't listen to, I think you were episode number two, so it's been a while. Um, Would you just share just a little bit about yourself for those that listen in? There's people that listen in for multiple different missions organizations and uh, yeah, people around the world. Just share a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm Greg Beggs. Uh, I've been a missionary for Oh, 30 something years now and uh, grew up in Africa, had the privilege to have missionary parents and had a wonderful, wonderful MK missionary kid life and love Africa with all of my heart. Love the church there with all of my heart. Love Africa missionaries with all of my heart. And I get to serve a lot of uh, a lot of good people. So that's pretty much who I am. Awesome. Awesome. Greg, um, yeah, just uh, in grad, for those who don't know, Greg's my leader and um, we we get to serve uh, together on some things and just uh, appreciate Greg and his leadership. Greg, the first question I have for, for you today, I think we did the interview together. It was in my house in Madagascar in early January of 2020. Um, that's when we did the first interview. How are you different today than, than we first had that conversation uh, back in January 2020? Well, I think probably I'm a little more patient today when it comes to um, being master of my own destiny in the world. You know, we um, 
we tended to <laughs> we tended to fly around a lot, jump on planes and do this, that, and the other, and sort of command our schedules. And it's it's just not that way anymore. And we're I move a little bit slower when it comes to travel. Yeah. Um, I tend to uh, really, really um, weigh the options before I just get on a plane now because um, COVID has really made travel uh, a challenge. And for people like me who really traveled a lot, that sort of changed the way we looked at how we do our, our jobs and started looking for alternate ways, which really I think has been a, a, a good thing in a lot of ways, yeah. <laughs> saved us a lot of money in some ways. <laughs> And easier on your body for sure. Cause oh, all that much traveling, easier, is, yeah. traveling is, is hard, hard, hard on your body. So for sure. Anything else, uh, patience, um, maybe changing the way you, you travel, um, and, and how you see out work. What have you seen maybe, um, learned and different today when it comes to serving missionaries in Africa? I think we're trying to, we're trying to be more intentional about taking care of missionaries. I know that, COVID has had a real toll and and I think it snuck up on people and they kind of like the frog in the pot uh, scenario, you know, it just kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter and people didn't realize that the stress was building. And then people start um, reacting emotionally, physically there's, and I think we're trying to look at, trying to look at different ways to be proactive with missionaries to take care of them sooner rather than, or take care of them before rather than after issues happen. I think we're, um, we've put some good things in and, you know, Aaron, you're well aware of that because you're leading a lot of what we're doing in Africa, but for the people on the podcast here who don't know what, uh, what you are doing in Africa and your good leadership Really, Aaron, you might just take a moment and and just tell us what it is that you are doing in Africa, because I think it's really good. I think it's implementable. So go for it, Aaron. It is good, but they don't want to hear me talk. They want to hear you. Yeah, talk. they do. So, <laughs> they, they, they get to hear my voice all, all the week. But it, it is you've given us the freedom to to care for people, Greg, whether that's emotionally, um, spiritually, physically, safety and security, whether families and TCKs, whether it's relational health and just a broad spectrum of caring for people. And um, you've given it, and you're right, that was birthed in the middle of COVID and um, in the middle of that time, but you've let, you've given us great room to run. And um, we're very, very appreciative of that. Greg, you're a learner like me. And um, we both like to read. We both like to read books and think about books. And we listen to podcasts. What are some things you you've learned um, over the last two years? Or maybe a good book that you've you've read in the last last few months. I have reread a tale of three kings. I I love that book. Hmm. And you know, during this time of COVID. Um, there, there was a, a lot of challenges in a lot of different ways. And, you know, it's tempting to second guess um, the, the, the people that you work with, the people that you work for, the institutions that you're a part of, the, the governance um, or uh, the, the organ, organizations and how, how they're governed. 
And I read A Tale of Three Kings again to remind myself that um, my job is to be faithful where I am hmm. and not to try to second guess other people and um, those that, that I serve and those um, serve over me. And, yeah. and you know, it's, it's, it's been a challenge for people or, or for, for me because my personality is one of, of making things uh, get done, yeah. fixing things when they're broken. <laughs> and some things I just couldn't fix on this one. Yeah. And so I was a little bit frustrated. And sometimes I felt like King Saul throwing spears. Sometimes I felt like David dodging spears. <laughs> um, but, but in a way, I have, you know, and that's certainly not a new book, but I have I have reread that book and and I think it's I think it's it's really helped to once again challenge me towards um you know what I really need to be in the Lord rather than you know rather than um trying to make things happen myself to just relax and 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 let him do what he needs to do in my in my life and my heart. Amen. Amen. Greg a, a kind of a follow-up question to that is a learning how have um maybe something you had a strong opinion on in the past or something you were real, something you, maybe you're, you've changed over these last two years of COVID and different things. Is there something that maybe your opinion has changed on in the last, last two, two years or so? Well, you know, I, um, that's a, that's a good question, Aaron. I, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that I really have a good answer to that. Um, I'm not sure that, that the opinions of mine that really count, Hmm. um, on, on, on things that I think that really count have changed. I think my opinions about certain, certain political issues, certain, maybe even medical issues over the period of COVID, but those, those are not, those are not really primary things. I think the opinions that I have about how the Lord takes care of us, no matter what, um, that in spite of a, a worldwide issue that has just clamped everything down, the, the process of establishing the church continues. Hmm. People continue to engage the kingdom in wonderful ways. So that sort of thing hasn't changed. And, and, you know, in my opinions, I think in that area that really count, I don't know that my opinions in other areas count that much, Aaron, but, um, (laughs) but in those areas where, where we talk about establishing the church, where we talk about engaging missionaries in that, we talk about engaging national churches in that, um, there, you know, things have changed in the sense that we do things differently, but the result is the same. The Lord Jesus builds his church. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where it is and the way it is. Yeah, for sure. Great answer, Greg. Um, You also share, you know, I know one of the things you and I've talked about recently is, is your passion to see a healthy church within walking distance of every African, a healthy church within walking distance. I think I've said it correct. Can you just share your passion for that? And, and you've, I've seen a renewed passion in that vision that you have in the last two years. I've heard you speak it, share it more, and it, it continues to come to surface. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, Aaron. I think even as even in the in the past few years of you, as we have watched 
um, systems that we thought were secure and strong, as we've watched them sort of crumble around us, one thing that really stays strong is the local church. Hmm. And it, it, it morphs, it changes, it is different than it was initially in some ways. But that local church, that local fellowship of believers, a community of faith, is, is the greatest change agent, the greatest source of taking care of people and meeting needs in any given community that there is. And, and, you know, we, we, we want to change nations. We, we want to, to affect nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the only way to do that is through local communities of faith that engage their communities around them in positive Christian ways. Hmm. And more than ever, I believe that we have to establish the church, not just plant the church, but establish it. National churches that are already strong to continue to grow that church until it is well-established and and it is fulfilling what God intended to fulfill in any given community. And I I think that has just been re-emphasized in my heart. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. There's a lot of different ways to establish it, to make it strong. You know, I know that um, compassion is is a big part of what you've done a lot, Aaron. I know you care deeply about that, relief and development. And, um, you know, part of establishing the church is ensuring that that church is equipped yeah. and yeah. understands and is is capable and has the capacity to reach out around it in love and compassion. And that you don't just preach the word and ignore people who are hurting and who are hungry and who are sick around you. Yeah. So sure. all of that together, I think is establishing the, the, the local church and we need one. We need one everywhere people are all over the world. <laughs> for sure. Greg, for those listening in that do not know, basically we have three initiatives within Africa, um, NC squared, um, LD and urban tribes. And that, right. I think those are the ways that we're doing this, um, having a healthy church within walking distance of every African. Can you share a minute or two about each of those, the NC squared LD and um, urban tribes? Sure. Well, NC is church squared is the power power of two, which is partnership really. So we established the church in that sense by working with um strong national churches and, and, and working with national churches that are in the, in the process of growing this and churches that, that uh, need help um, con- continually. We partner with other strong churches on the continent to engage them. And so that's a process of, um, of reaching and, and then, and then we plant the church among them. And then training is a huge part of what we do with, with NC squared, with national church partnership. Um, we believe very, very much in Africa, AGWM, we believe in training. We believe in Bibles. We believe in seminaries. We believe in, in all the different levels of training pastors um, to, to, to continue to establish and grow the church. Then secondly, live dead Live Dead is basically church planting among unreached people groups in teams. Hmm. And so we have 
um, looked across the continent now. I think there's about 700 uh, unreached people groups that we have targeted, and we're trying to put teams, and these are multicultural uh, national churches, African churches, to put teams in places where we do not have a church at all, places where the gospel is, is or the people are very resistant to the gospel. So that's, that's basically unreached people group and, and, and are reaching unreached people groups. And then um, urban tribes is gateway cities in Africa. We're engaging those cities and influencing the influencers through planting the kind of churches that will, that will draw them planting the kind of churches that will um, be an open door for people to come to. And we have some wonderful partners in, in Africa among some of our African churches that have engaged us with this. I've planted in the, in the last uh, three or four years, even during COVID, um, you know, we've planted uh, three, four of these churches in major cities of Africa that are among culture creators. And um, it's, it's really, really doing well now. So we're pretty, we're excited about that. Yeah. yeah. So those are the three different ways we, we establish the church. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it. Greg, one of the, what's one of the biggest challenges um, that you've run into in the last two years, um, maybe in leadership or yeah, just something you've encountered in the last two years and maybe uh, tell the story of, of going through that. Well, I think, um, I think one of one of our biggest challenges is is leading leading through um, when when the organization around you has has become incapacitated. So it's it's been a challenge for those of us in our organization to continue to lead our regions, those of us who lead in the different areas of the world. It's been a challenge because COVID has really had a toll on the workforce. Um, it has it has been a challenge to keep people in offices. It's been a challenge to to keep people healthy. And and as everybody that's listening to this knows, offices were shut down. Um, there was a period of time that our our boss was very very sick. Um, came very close to to passing away. And the Lord touched him and spared him and helped and, and healed him. And we're grateful for that. Amazingly grateful. But there were some days, there were, there were weeks where we were not sure what was going to happen. And we were trying to lead through all that. And I think, Aaron, what I have learned is that there are times when we cannot control things and we have to really step back and allow the Holy Spirit, allow the Lord things um, and to be a little more spontaneous in the spirit, you know, than, than, than the way we like to normally lead, which is strategically with plans, <laughs> with working, working through systems, you know, you, you figure out what you want to accomplish, then you build a system to accomplish it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't always work that way. And, yeah. and I have learned that the Holy Spirit still knows what he's doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I've learned that I don't have to know everything to, to let him do what he needs to do. I think that's been, I think that's been really, really, um, really big for me. And, and, and again, I think the bottom line is I don't own this thing. Um, it's not always mine to carry. Yeah. Um, and for me to just step back and yes, I have to lead. Well, I have to do the best I can to, to have things in place. So people know what they are doing. So things aren't nebulous. They're um, they're not confused, but at the same time, you have to let the Holy Spirit accomplish what he wants to accomplish rather than us trying to force it. Yeah. That has really, that, that's been very freeing for me. And at the same time, it's been humbling and challenging. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, good. Good word. Good word. Greg, when you've looked around at maybe some other leaders um, over the last two years, is there somebody or someone that you've seen and they, they've led well and um, maybe some of the characteristics that you've seen in them and how they led? Yes. Um, you know, I would say that um, one of the one of the people that I would like to really point at is is Kevin Donaldson. Hmm. I think um, Kevin stepped into uh, AGWM as our administrator just just a little while before COVID really hit. And he started, I, th- I think he had maybe a year or so um, in, in the office before that. And, and at the same time, we were, we were doing a, a strat op and, and changing some, some things and, and reestablishing some, some things in AGWM uh, in our administration. And, and I watched Kevin, um, who, who is a, a very strong, very um, articulate, very driven person. I watched him take what he had every day, day in and day out and, and, and use that and deal with that and lead through ways that um, I was just really, really pleased that he was helping to lead AGWM during this time. Mm-hmm. When, when our leader was so sick and was incapacitated, Kevin stepped up and really with, with distinction, he, he um, like I say, took what we had, which many times wasn't a whole lot. You know, the offices were shut down, um, but we still had missionaries all over the world that needed help. They needed, they needed to, things still, still needed to function and flow. And you didn't have people in the offices helping people do that. You didn't have people answering phones finances still had to get out to missionaries who had to function. They had to live. And I watched Kevin step up and, and just make those things happen with creative ways, with things that we normally wouldn't do and, and don't do um, in AGWM uh, world. But Kevin was able to make that happen. And I have, I have just been very, very pleased at watching him, lead through this whole time. You know, things are getting back to normal now. Um, thank God. But during that time, um, I watched him and, and he was very creative. He was very, um, very open-minded. You know, he didn't, um, 
didn't say, well, we can't do that because they're policy. We found a way. We found a way to do what we needed to do to serve our missionaries. And a a lot of that was due to Kevin's creative, good, strong, innovative, smart leadership. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Greg. Um, Yeah, and thanks, Kevin, for his, his remarkable leadership through that time. Greg, as we look to the future, um, how have how has the last two years impacted the church, the local church in the United States and missions? You know, there, we're partners. We work together closely. And obviously going through a time like we've went through, have you seen any changes? And um, how do you see that impacting missions um, as we go forward to the future? Well, first of all, I really want to say that um, I think this has been one of the hardest times that our pastors in in the U.S. especially, and probably around the world, one of the most challenging, one of the most seasons of a life. There was was nothing, there was nothing, you know, there was no terra firma. There was nothing to stand on that that they could, everything was shifting and shaking and and there were new rules coming out every other week and, and, you know, to to wear a mask, not to wear a mask, you know, to, to, it's just no matter what they did, it, it it couldn't be right. And, and you know, it was right for one side of the church and the other side it wasn't. So kudos to all of our pastors out there who themselves prayed and stayed faithful and led through this. That's, to, to me, someone who partners with pastors in order to establish the church. That's incredible. And uh, my my thanks to all of them. I think the Lord also showed us, Aaron, that the church is strong. Hmm. And during COVID, people continued to give to missions. As a matter of fact, this last year had the financial year that we've that we've had in in its history. And that that was during COVID. So that lets me know that even though the churches many in many places were closed. People weren't going, and when they could go, it was it was a few. When churches opened back up, not everybody came back. But it let me know that the Lord was saying to us, look, in spite of what's happening in the world, I'm still on the throne. I'm still in charge of this thing. I'm still planting my church, and I'm still going to use the people that I've called to do this. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's nothing that's going to stop that. And so that has encouraged me in a sense, a remnant. Hmm. So there's a lot of churches where some of the, many of the people in some cases haven't come back. There's a remnant that stuck through and has, and those are the people that are growing. Those are the people I think that are established in the word they're established in their faith and they're the ones now that the church is going to be built on. So in a sense, I think it's healthier than it's ever been. Those that are about politics are about um, <laughs> some of the superfluous stuff that we can get caught up in. But the ones that are really growing, the ones that are really making it, I believe, are the ones that have stayed true to what, our, to, to, to what the, the very basic DNA of, of a church is. And, and they survived and grew through this whole thing. That's a good word. Good word. Greg, as you look um, look to the future, what's God laying on your heart um, about missions in Africa as we move to the future? 
Well, I think again, Eric, a couple of things that the Lord is really, maybe three things the Lord is continuing to, to put on my heart. Um, one is to continue to take care of missionaries. I think we have got to, to continue to shore it up. You guys have done an incredible job building um, a system, building um, a scaffolding that we can continue to hang things on. But, you know, it's not our culture completely yet. And we need to continue to grow towards that culture and, and continue to engage that leading coalition, that guiding coalition of people out there that will help us finish leading this until it really is our culture. So that's one of the things that's really heavy on my heart. And then secondly, I think it's, it's continuing to um, mobilize missionaries, um, the right missionary at the right place at the right time is the prayer that I pray hmm. often. And, and we're trying to mobilize in Africa towards that. Um, we need certain types of missionaries and we're, we're creating systems and strategies for engaging those people. And the Lord is helping us. Hmm. So that's, that's another thing. And then, and then I think the, the, the last thing that, that I would say is we need to continue to shore up um, our partnerships with national churches that are so strong. You know, it's easy to look across the continent and say, well, you know, you've got the Tanzanias, the Burkina Fasos, you've got the Nigerias, you've got the Togos, you've got some of these churches that are just powerful, just powerhouse Pentecostal movements. And it's easy to just say, well, you know, they don't need us. They don't, we don't need to engage with them. But the truth is we need each other. Yeah. Um, we need them desperately. And, and there are some reasons, there are some things they need us for. If we could get that synergy right and continue to grow it, I think there are some powerful things that could happen in the future on the continent and beyond. I think that the church in Africa is arising. And I think that we have not seen, if Jesus gives us time before he comes back to get us, I think we will see some of the most significant church planting and missionary movements in all of Christian history come out of Africa. And I believe the roots of that are already there. You know, I say this often, and it's because I believe that our national churches are are, are really on the verge of that, some of them. And if we can synergistically engage them in just a few areas that would kind of grease the wheels on that, I think we could see some powerful things happen. Amen. Greg, one, one, as you talked about national churches, it just brought to mind you were by the time this airs, it would have been about two months since you were in Kenya, but you got to participate in a celebration. But anyway, would you just share maybe what you we t- you took from that event? Missionaries, hard work of establishing a church among an, a very resistant, unreached people group. You don't often get to celebrate with the very same people who were some of the first converts, some that had just just worked hard and suffered and sacrificed and were, were ostracized and, and in many times persecuted for establishing that church. You don't often get to celebrate the church with those very, very people. And among the Maasai people in East Africa, Kenya, Tanzania, 
It's one of our fastest growing demographics when it comes to establishing the church. Hmm. There are churches being planted and growing in Maasai land um, really quicker than, than, than any of the other places in both the Kenya Assemblies of God and Tanzania Assemblies of God. So exciting to see. The assistant Kenya now is a Maasai brother. Just amazing to see what God is doing. To sit there among people that three years ago were absolutely resistant to the gospel. And you've got these old men that, um, you know, they still bear the, the, um, the, the <laughs> you can still see on their bodies the, the old ways of the Maasai, but they're there worshiping, their hands are raised, their, you know, tears running down their face. And these were warriors at the time, 30 years ago, hardcore warriors that were afraid of nothing, that grab a lion by the tail, literally. <laughs> but now they're, they're there with us worshiping and crying out to the Lord for, and thanks for what he's done among their people. It was amazing. Just, I am just so grateful to the Lord to to have even been a small part of of watching that over the years. It's been yeah. it's been one of the one of the most fascinating things um, missiologically that I have ever seen. Yeah, good word, Greg. Will you pray for us? Will you pray for us today? That um, just appreciate you spending some time with us and encouraging us the lessons you've learned and um, yeah just as you see, vision for the future. Will you pray for us as as those that have listened in. Lord, I thank you for Aaron. I thank you for his uh, vision and and the leadership that you've put in him. The way that he cares for missionaries in Africa and and around the world and the. The, the the way that you put this burden of this podcast on his heart. Lord, I, I thank you for that. We pray that you'll continue to bless him in it. Bless he and Heather and their kids, Lord. And and I pray for everybody that listens to this, uh, everybody that's a part of this podcast community. Lord, I pray that today you would encourage and strengthen them. Lord, I thank you that no matter what our circumstances are, you've still put a destiny in our hearts You've still put a call on our lives, and, and there's nothing that can thwart that, Lord. There's, there's no way that uh, any circumstance can stop what you have started in us, um, and COVID has proven that to us, Lord. You're still the Lord of the church. You're still establishing it, and sometimes we have to shift and move, but you, God, are still doing your work. And I pray, Lord, that you would, um, even if we have to reframe things and and like you said to Abraham, to, to come out of your tent and look up, look up at the stars. That's my promise to you. And Lord, you've promised some things to people that are listening to this. And I pray that you'll help them to reframe and look things the way you want them to see things, Lord, and establish something in their lives and hearts um, and remind them that no matter what, um, just like COVID couldn't stop what you're doing. There's nothing that'll stop it, Lord. And we're grateful for who you are and what you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 